The Big Story from The Straits Times on Money FM 89.3. I'm Harianto Diman. Now you can subscribe to the Straits Times channel so you never miss a single episode. The KTV cluster continues to grow with more cases confirmed, making it one of Singapore's largest active clusters. Meanwhile, investigations are continuing into the KTV cluster. The Health Ministry said there is likely ongoing transmission at more KTV lounges after cases of infection were confirmed among hostesses who had visited the these clubs currently operating as FMB outlets. For a closer look, Professor Teo Ying joins me now. He's the Dean of the Sosuihok School of Public Health at the National University of Singapore. Welcome back to the show, Professor. We've seen a few large clusters, Tantok Singh Hospital, Changi Airport, Bukit Merah View, and now the KTV lounges and clubs. Professor, in just four days, the number of cases in this cluster has risen to over 80. What's your assessment of this new cluster compared with the previous clusters? Now, given the setting would it be more difficult to trace and ring fence potential cases? Thank you for having me back. Although this is definitely a much more worrisome time than before. So we have seen how fast this cluster has grown, that within a matter of four days, since the first case was reported, we saw the number jump very quickly. And clearly the number of KTV loungers that are involved goes beyond the initial three to potentially many more. And I think the problem is compounded when these hostesses move between different clubs and lounges. It is likely that thorough investigations over the next few days will review how many KTV lounges and clubs are indeed involved. And I expect actually we will see this being reviewed over the next few days, just like how today we learned that another four venues are involved and have to be closed down. Now, I say that this is worrying because there's a real potential that this can grow very quickly to be the largest cluster in Singapore outside the migrant worker dormitories. And it is not just the adults that have been to these lounges and clubs, but potentially these people stay in households with spouses, children, even elderly parents. And the transmission risk to people within the same household is exceptionally high, given that we know the recent outbreaks in Singapore and Southeast Asia, which is where a number of these hostesses come from, are predominantly driven by the highly transmissible Delta variant. So what this means is that it is almost certain that someone who is infected and who stays in a household with other people will end up infecting others in the same household. And because of the clandestine and potentially illegal nature of some of the activities in these lounges, people are less willing to come forward to admit that they have been to these locations. And I, I also suspect that the mandatory safe entry and the use of trace together may actually have been neglected or even deliberately ignored. And this means that the records from this digital contact tracing methods will be incomplete. So the only option is to rely on manual contact tracing, which takes time and is also very difficult to be comprehensive. What is important is that we have seen how similar outbreaks happen in Taiwan, Thailand, Japan, and South Korea, and this have gone on to spark massive community transmissions. So this is certainly worrying, and I'm sure that every effort is now being put in to perform the necessary contact tracing and surveillance testing in the community. So I can only say that if you or anyone you know have been to these venues, please come forward to be tested because I believe the last thing any person wants is to infect their family members, especially younger children or any elderly who have not received their vaccines yet and are thus at much higher risk of complications when they're infected with COVID-19. Professor, let's 
look forward, does this mean that Singapore's uh, reopening plans from the week of July 26th will not be derailed? So, Minister Ong is being very pragmatic to say that such clusters will pop up, especially as Singapore moves towards eventually living with COVID. And I think it's also important to highlight that as more and more people in the country get vaccinated, the vaccine is working well to protect us from symptoms, symptomatic infections. So there will be many more people who may become, who may have been infected, but may not even know that they are infected themselves because they are they have no symptoms or they have uh, they are just mildly symptomatic. But with more people being vaccinated, actually Singapore remains to be in a better position to relax our restrictions. Now, of course, we want to do this when case numbers in the country remain as low as possible. But I think the reality of living with COVID also means that we will start to see infections happen in the community and clusters may grow in size like what we have here. But because almost everyone who is infected would ideally have been vaccinated already, they are protected from any short-term or long-term damage to their health. And a large number of infected people in, in the community does not translate to an increasing number of people who need treatment or hospital care. So I won't make any prediction on whether the reopening plans will continue as scheduled or maybe delayed, but I would just say that uh, Singapore is definitely in a much better position now than, say, six months ago. Right now, we have around 40% of our population to be fully vaccinated and another 30% having received at least one dose of the vaccine. So that's 70% of the people in Singapore having some degree of protection against severe complications if they are infected with COVID-19. So while we've said that, I think what we need to do at least over the next week or so is that we have to monitor very carefully whether household transmissions are happening and young schooling children are now infected because of adults at home who may have gone to these KTV lounges. The reason is we have a large population of children that are below the age of 12 that have not been eligible for vaccination yet. So they remain at higher risk of severe complications if they are infected. And if that really happens, then I think we must not hesitate to impose stricter restrictions overall in the country to continue protecting the groups that have not been vaccinated. And this definitely includes children who have not been vaccinated, as well as some of the elderly who have not been vaccinated yet. As always, Professor, it's always a pleasure to have you on the show. Professor Teo Ying, Dean of NUS's Saw Hawk School of Public Health.